Hey, it's Heidi Dawson, and this is Wednesday Wisdom, where I interview wildly successful people from across the world, where we get an inside view into what their daily life looks like. Success leaves clues, and on Wednesdays, we're finding them. Join me now for the latest wildly successful interview. Hi guys, welcome to episode 118 of the Wildly Successful Lifestyle Podcast. My next guests are Jim Elliott and Tina Marie Hernandez. They are truly making the world a better place in a really unique way. So Jim founded Dive Heart, which is a not-for-profit organization that makes it possible for veterans, children, and others with disabilities to experience scuba diving. Imagine that. (laughs) Now, Jim and Tina Marie work together to make this incredible experience possible for as many as they can. And this is a life-changing experience for most of the participants. Not only can it help alleviate some of their pain, but it also shows them that they're capable of anything they set their mind to in spite of their injury or disability. It's incredible. Once you start watching these videos, and I encourage you to go to diveheart.org and check them out, just like any nonprofit, they can use all the help they can get. So listen in to how Dive Heart started and how they're able to take even someone on a ventilator for a dive experience. It is incredible. You're going to love it. Here's Jim and Tina Marie. Hi, Jim and Tina Marie. It is so nice to meet you guys. Uh, well, it's great to be here. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. <laughs> well, I, I want to know everything about what you do because your foundation to me, Dive Hard. I, I love diving and I know the experience for me is just, it's so, I don't know, exhilarating and calming. And, and so the fact that you give that experience to people that would not normally be able to do that is just, it blows my mind when I watch your videos. So just real quick for everyone who doesn't know what Dive Heart is, can you tell us a little bit about like what, how and why Dive Heart was started? You want to start? Um, so Dive Heart started 2001, 20 years ago. Uh, we're a 501c3 and we, well, Jim, it was his vision initially um, and he wanted to create an organization that would help people um, build confidence and self-esteem, independence, um, and do it in a very unique way. You know, he learned how to scuba dive when you were in college, right? right yeah. And um, he did it for altruistic reasons. He wanted to be able to interview Jacques Cousteau at some point in his life. <laughs> And uh, wanted to be able to speak his language, which is under the water, right? right. So um, through experiences in his life, he, he worked with people with disabilities and he saw what participating in an activity that people wouldn't imagine them participating in, such as skiing, um, what that did for people, how it reorganized um, how they thought of themselves, right? It came, became a different perspective. And that's what we continue to try to do with our work at Dive Heart. We try to help people imagine themselves um, accomplishing things that they've never done and seeing themselves accomplish things that they've never dreamed of doing. And with that, it it just, um, it inspires them, it inspires the people around them, and it continues to inspire us every day. Oh, I can only imagine. I know, uh, Jim, in one of the videos that I watched, you talked about your sort of initial, um, I guess, 
feeling about this came about with your daughter, right? She was, you took her snow skiing because, and she's, she was legally blind. Um, and it was an experience that you thought, I, I have to have more of that. Is that right? Yeah, I've, I've been around people with disabilities a long time. My father is a disabled, was a disabled army vet. And one of my best friends had cerebral palsy and I would walk him to school so people wouldn't pick on him. But then I had kids and they all had some kind of form of a, a disability. And my oldest daughter was blind. And uh, when she struggled with being blind, I got her involved in downhill skiing. So since the mid eighties, I've been guiding and teaching uh, blind skiers and, and other disabilities. And I said, wow, you know, you can only ski at certain times of the year and in certain places in the world. And it's very powerful as a therapy for these people. You know, it helps with, like Tina said, Tina Marie said, with the confidence, independence, and self-esteem. Um, I can imagine what diving could do. And thinking back when I originally got certified in college, I was thinking it's like being an astronaut. So I decided when I left the media business that I would start a nonprofit in diving to for diving scuba therapy the same way that we did the the stuff with the skiing for blind people, and uh, it it really just took off. It's amazing. Um, what it does for them, just being able to get somebody out of a wheelchair, standing up, looking down, maybe for the first time in their life, if they were born with cerebral palsy or something. But a lot of people have a traumatic injury and they'll be a wheelchair user then. And the thrill for me is when I look, when they look down and they kind of go, oh my God, you know, <laughs> it's like, and I just laugh now because then I look at them and their eyes are like, I'm standing up and, oh, and then you that just makes me cry and you know because I can only imagine you know some of the I, of course I when you read stories about people who have walked and then they were in an accident and they couldn't walk anymore and things like that you know you think oh I can't imagine you know that's the worst thing that can happen but then when you when you read their stories they're like I wouldn't change a thing because it changed my perspective about everything mm -hmm. and so I can imagine that this does that as well where they get an experience that they never thought they might have again maybe they you know dove before their accident I don't know I just how how does someone get to you to get that opportunity to be able to be considered to go on one of these dives because it's it's incredible to me right well we start everybody in the pool um, so it's, it's as simple as going to our website, diveheart.org, and um, we have a get involved area and people can start filling out forms or sending us an email and just saying, I'm, I want to be in your program. Um, info at diveheart.org um, is also a place where they can send an email and, and just say, hey, you know, we heard this podcast or we saw you on um, YouTube and we really want to connect and and is there an instructor in my area? Um, is there a program in my area? How can we, you know, get involved? And that's for volunteers as well as participants. <clears throat> that's awesome. So so then you have different, if you don't necessarily have to have a dive heart facility, then you're saying you have divers randomly around the country, right? Around the world, really. We have a team out in Borneo, we have a team in Malaysia, we have instructors in the UK, in the Caribbean. Um, and then we have awesome instructors who are willing to travel. <laughs> They're like, um, you know, adaptive certified will travel, right? Um, wow, yeah. Just amazing people. So do you find that, um, you know, is that, there's, there's so many questions we could ask, but do you find that it's the, like the family of the person that is disabled 
that kind of leads the charge in getting them involved in this or do they find you themselves? I, I'm you know, it, it's funny you could say that because I, it's all different ways. Sometimes it's a friend, uh, sometimes it's a loved one, a, a husband or a, a brother or sister who kind of drag them kicking and screaming. Sometimes I, I just saw on Facebook and I had to giggle. There was a woman who was posting her first time diving with us. And she's like, couldn't tell my mom what I was doing today. Like, you know, to, and so she totally had to hide it from her family because they would have been too nervous for her to go. And I've done that to my parents where I'm just like, well, you know what I lived, so it's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's all different things. You know, sometimes they're motivated themselves or with their friends and sometimes it's family. Um, therapists also. Yeah. Therapists, okay. workers, you know, rehab doctors. Uh, we're actually in the middle of a project right now where we're working with um, an occupational therapy uh, doctoral student and he's helping us create, well, he created it. He's letting us use it. Um, a intake form that will hopefully help a caseworker or a rehab doctor um, evaluate with a, a patient or a person that they're working with and help them determine, is this a program that they would wanna be part of and how do they become a part of it and, and help them over some of the hurdles that we have seen and experienced with people who might wanna be in the program but um, you know they run into a, a wall or a, something where it was just like oh it's just too hard. So we're trying to take some of those um, barriers away. Right. Because you know they already have barriers, right? So so they're probably used to getting past those barriers. But it just it would be so nice to have an experience where you don't have to have those barriers. So that's so so nice that you do that. So, so, you know, this to me, I know from diving that it can be a little hairy, you know, when you're underwater, it, it can, there are times where it, it can be a little risky. Does there, has there ever been a time where you guys were nervous or where something happened that you had to overcome when you had a participant? Well, I'm, I'm nervous every dive actually. Okay. Um, okay. When we go on a trip, we might be, have 20 or 30 people in circle and, and we'll go through them. And what helps calm me down is talking and introducing each person and really getting to know who's in the room because then in my mind, I can make notes mentally or, or physically to, to say, I know I have three dive masters and I have four instructors and I have someone who's pretty apprehensive and I have someone over here who's very overconfident and I have to kind of keep an eye on them too. And, and we, we stress the team aspect of what we do because an adaptive dive team is made up of the adaptive diver, which is the person with the disability, a critical part of the team. Right. And then based on their abilities that we build a team around them. And it's almost like if you have no arms and no legs, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to recover a regulator. So you need a higher level team to be right there. And, and when you go on a dive with dive heart, you're really, and you're in a team, you're not following the blue fish, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like you're focused on that adaptive diver. That's everything, and uh, right. and it's so right. far knock on wood, it's been very very successful. Right, no, no issues. We're very um, conscious, like Jim said, about the people that we're diving with. So I remember a time we had this beautiful, gentle giant. He was like six four, and he was a very large man, but he was on the autism spectrum, okay. and he was nervous about going down. 
And we we're like, what are we going to do? Because he was large enough where like I was, if I was going to be his buddy, nothing was going to be stopping us <laughs> from going up and that would be dangerous. Right. So what did we end up doing? Give me this holding hands. So we, you know, someone held his hand. And then when Jim was diving with him, I said, you, you need to hold his hand and he stayed calm. And those are the types of things that we do. It's, it's not that anybody can't do it, but our focus is on figuring out the solution before there's a problem, right? Uh, that's, that's, that's the key is to know, and you, you're doing that kind of anyway, because you, just like any t dive group, when you go out, the dive master kind of knows who's, who's going to, who might be a problem. So you kind of figure that out on the front end. I, I think that's great. And, and they, these, they're just like us, right? I mean, everybody, they have the same thoughts, same fears, same feelings. It's just that for some, you know, some, some had an accident or maybe they were born that way. So that's interesting that you said that Jim about the um, no arms and no legs, because I watched the video of the, the young girl who I think, she was young and she had no arms and no legs, but I hadn't, when I watched it, I hadn't thought about that, about yeah. the regulator coming out. Cause that's a big one. So she had to have a, a, a team that was like yeah. you said, very involved. Yeah. And, and since, since we were diving with her, we've developed um, different protocols. So now many times, like if she were to dive with, start diving with us today, we probably would put her in a full face mask oh, because wow. that way, um, it, we wouldn't have that added um, yeah. issue, right? Because she would always have um, air for her to, her to breathe. Okay, well, that's a good, that's a nice thing to have. I, I remember before I ever went diving at all, I went down in this big bubble helmet mm -hmm. uh, somewhere in the Caribbean. And we, we got, we, it was almost like we were in a Martian suit, but it was really cool because I had never been diving before. And so you had that big, you know, I guess that, that would work too for some of the participants maybe, or that's old technology, right? Well, that's where you're staying very close to the shore. <laughs> yes. Very shallow. Right. Okay. All right, you guys are going further than that. I know. That's snuba, I think they call it. Snuba. That's it. Yes, kind of snorkeling scuba. Right. 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 So, have you ever? Do you ever have people? I know that when I watched one another one of your videos because they were fascinating to me, I could sit and watch them all day. But um, the one where you had a guy that was on a ventilator and you took him. <clears throat> So it made me wonder, like, is there anything you can't accomplish? Because I see you taking people that I would have never in a million years dreamed that that's possible. So do you just try to find a way for everyone? Well, the um, the first ventilator dependent diver came to us and we we began training him and trained his instructors and um, and he dove. He could dive as as far as his ventilator hose would go underwater. So if you had his ventilator sitting on the a pier, then you he could go down like 10 feet underwater. And but that's yeah, and we're working on an, a device now with engineers from like Northwestern University and um, where we could put two respirators in like an underwater camera housing and then attach that to the ventilator dependent diver and then be able to go deeper than the 10 feet. So we're doing some fun projects all the time. Oh yeah, it all sounds it sounds fascinating and fun to me. And, and not only that though, um, you someone was saying that one of your participants was saying that it helped him with his pain. Uh, like for three weeks after he went down or so, he 
So imagine, like you said, Jim, I think in the video, uh, if he could get into the water once a week, he may right. not have pain anymore. That, you know, it just, it's so touching to me that you are able to do that for them. I'm sure that's a big, you know, just, it makes you feel so good to know that. Yeah, they get immediate relief when they get in the water and they're they're no longer a slave to gravity. But then if we get them deep enough, there's an extra output of serotonin in the human body, which helps with the pain management and anxiety. So uh, Hopkins did a study with the team we trained and they uh, discovered that 80% of the PTSD symptoms in the veterans that were there during this pilot study, 80% of their symptoms were alleviated that week they were diving. Wow. So they were calmer, the serotonin kind of help with pain management. Yeah, second day of a dive trip, people are rolling up in their wheelchairs going, Jim, I've been, I've been in chronic pain for 15 years. This is the first time I've been pain free. And it can last up to three weeks total. Yeah, it helps with depression too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's that, it, what that, that kick of serotonin in is, if you've ever heard of the runner's high, same, yeah. same yeah. concept, Absolutely. same concept. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I didn't know that about serotonin when you got to a certain level. I, I know that it is always just so therapeutic. You know, water to me is simply therapeutic just by swimming in it or looking at it. Even. But when you dive, it's a whole nother level. And you probably, part of that is the serotonin. So um, I had an experience when I, in the last couple of years where I went down and I'm sure that you guys can relate to this. I had my BCD vest on and it got caught on a cave wall. Mm -hmm. And so I, in my mind, I know the number one thing you can't do underwater 65 feet is panic. And I also, so I was able to control my thoughts and sort of go, okay, all right, so I'm okay. And there's people, there are people within, you know, 10 feet around me. So I didn't panic, but if I had a panic, it could have been really bad. Do you guys, I mean, because there has to be some level of, you know, Jim, you say you're nervous every time I would be as well, but mm -hmm. is there a panic, like, do you do something to let them know, hey, if you start to panic, we're going to, you know, we'll do this. I think it depends on the participant. Yeah. Sometimes talking about panic causes more anxiety. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um, but, but we, you know, we take everybody as, you know, an individual and we talk about what we're going to do. And like any diver at any point, you know, we, every diver knows this. If you want to call a dive, you call a dive, right? Yeah. And Jim is the biggest and first person to say, if you think there's a problem, there's a problem. Yeah. So we try and evaluate all those things before we get in the water. Um, if someone were to panic, we actually train for that um, so that there's a way to keep uh, air, you know, coming to them, even if we're trying to get them to the surface as you know, safely and quickly as possible. Um, that's why we have two people for every adaptive diver, so that if there is an issue, um, or we even have a safety diver that's diving with the team as well, so that we're trying to think of all possibilities, um, so that if there's a problem, we could handle it underwater as well as above water. And you know, we're always learning, and that's what I love about what we do is, you know, there's, it could have gone perfectly, but so many of our people are like, that was awesome. It was so great. They're like, how can we make that better next time? And that's our mindset, right? Um, safety and then continuous improvement. Those are two big things for us. Oh, that's, that's, I mean, that's awesome. That's every time, everything, you know, I, I know in my world, 
I'm always learning. I feel like every every episode, like we had an issue with you trying to hear me. You know, it's never happened before. But you just you have to be calm and think about it and figure it out. And you learn something new every single time. And I think as long as you do that, then it isn't a problem, right? It's actually a good thing. So, um, okay. So then the uh, the diving experience, I would think, would be so addictive. Um, especially for someone with a disability, I would never want to get out of the water. Do you have a problem like where people are like, I want to go down again, or I want to go down tomorrow. <laughs> Do they ever, you have some of those that don't ever want to stop? Oh yeah, Karen. A list. Yeah. a list, we have a list of them. Yeah. Um, and when we, what we do is we try and accommodate as much as we can, you know, there, there's a lot of fundraising involved. There's a lot of, um, you know, where we tap into the friends of um, our organization that might be able to assist with getting somebody. Um, we do try and focus also on a person that maybe has never been on a trip um, to give them their initial you know, um, experience. So it's, it's all, you know, you try to, to accommodate as many people as you can. It is difficult sometimes. Um, but what's really interesting is that as we've grown our organization, we've had, um, I don't want to say splinter organizations. We've had other nonprofits be other people, I should say, be inspired to start their own nonprofits or start their own clubs. And, what's great is more and more of those are growing. So there's more opportunity for us to point people in various directions to say, you know, contact this team. They would love to dive with you. Contact this group of people. They would love to dive with you. And, you know, I feel very strongly that as the years go by, we're just going to see more and more opportunities open up. We're trying to um, connect right now with a lot of different resorts um, and show them how amazing it would be to, to train up some of their, their staff so that they could welcome not just the adaptive diver, but their whole family. Yeah. Right, right. What a special yeah. occasion that would be. Yeah, like Tina Marie said, we, um, we, we've kind of morphed from, we thought we were going to be this little dive or club, club <laughs> kind of thing, like the blind skiers were, right? Right. And, and then now we're all over the world and we're inspiring. In fact, the, the largest standard training agency out there in scuba diving is patty and patty one of our instructor trainers went to patty in corporate and said to them you've got to get into adaptive you know and so now they have kind of orientation program and it's kind of like cliff notes version of a college course right so when, when they get to a point where you have a problem they go oh you can always go to dive hard because they, they like take on that they've got that figured out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's awesome so you're helping everyone i'm, I'm sure i i have a, a friend who is also a coach who does he's he's like a master diver and i'm I can't wait to, for him to hear this episode because mm. now he's going to be like, oh, you know, so it'll be, it's exciting. So do you have then divers that donate their time? I know we're, I want to talk about how people can donate uh, money and how you do that, but do you have divers that donate time? All of our divers donate time. All of, all of, all of our buddies are volunteers. We are 99% volunteer driven. Wow. Um, and what's beautiful is we don't just have divers. We need more than divers, right? We need all sorts of talent. We have people who are IT specialists giving their talent to mm -hmm. us. We have people who um, give their uh, creative talents to us. Mm -hmm. You know, the the little 
thing behind us is yeah. part of, you know, someone who helps us out. So um, it's really great to be able to tap in. And then we have a lot of partners. Jim believes very deeply in the power of partnership. And, you know, we have a lot of partners who've helped us to this point and hopefully we'll meet new ones or continue to meet more partners like yourself right. and, and a lot and continue to grow. Yeah. So just getting the word out, you know, that's, I think that is, I didn't, I didn't even know that existed until I was talking to Julie. And then when I got on your website, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, this is something that is so powerful. And I would, I mean, I think, I think people have their favorite charities. I'm an animal person. So I love to give to animals, but now I'm like, oh no, this is another one. This is one that we <laughs> love because <laughs> I know how I feel about diving. So, and you guys have been right um, just in the last year, right? You were named a top, a 2020 top rated nonprofit organization, which is really a big deal. And it's super important because people are concerned with, you know, they don't want to just give money to an organization that where it is all, you know, driven by the top down, I guess, where not a lot of the money gets to the participants. That's so, a really good point. Um, when I, I left the successful career in the media business with the Tribune and WGN radio, and I helped start up a TV station for the Tribune company. And, and when I left, this great career, I, I thought, you know, I, I want to do this in diving and I, I don't want to draw a salary. So um, as, a, as a president and founder, I, I, ref, I donate my training income back to Dive Heart. Um, so I saw that uh, on, I watched your TED, TEDx talk mm -hmm. that you did and I saw it and I was like, that's incredible to me because you just keep giving back. But it's, you know, that's, I think, so um, it's so beneficial, not only to you, but to everyone around you and to the participants that have benefited from, from Dive Heart. So how do, um, do your financial donations mainly come from corporations that sort of partner with you or do you have individuals? How do we give to you? How do people listening give to your foundation? Um, it, it, believe it or not, we are probably 98% of the money we get is from individuals. Um, at, as small as five dollars, as you know, as large as you know, ten thousand. Some sometimes uh, we do have some. We're trying to break into the grant, but we uh, arena. Um, we're very niche, so it's very hard for people to understand what we're doing. It, it's always more helpful uh, when people can see what we're doing, and that's really, I think, why a lot of individuals give to us because they can see. Um, when they're able to either see a trip or see a video, it really speaks to them. Or like yourself, someone who might be a diver, but really there's maybe 1% of the world's population that, that are divers or 1.1, you know, 0.01% that are divers. So um, it's, it's really uh, this whole getting in front of people is important. And again, if they come to our website, uh, they can donate. We accept everything. We accept uh, cash donations, volunteer hours, um, cars. cars. We've had a lot of success with people donating cars to oh, us. Okay. Um, yeah, we have a lot mm -hmm. of success with, um, well, we're, we're, you know, if someone wants to leave us in their will, if someone wants to donate stocks or bonds, um, we have the ability to accept all those types of donations. Yeah, one of our largest donors, Heidi, saw. Um, a documentary that's in our media kit. And we have hundreds of stories on our website and of hope and healing and inspiring people and stuff. And this donor in Southern California saw the Turning Point documentary, which is in our media kit and just 
called the next day and said, my husband and I watched this last night and we cried. Yeah. Where can I send a check? And, and she's been a, a tremendous donor since then, but they don't dive. It's just, it, it moved them. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, you gotta find the right story, right? Yeah. We, we have so many stories. Oh, you really do. I, I was, when I started, I had to stop because I could have spent the entire day. I was like, all right, Heidi, you gotta, you have other things you gotta do. You can't just watch these divers. So, <laughs> but it is true. There's a something for, for everyone. And, you know, for me, I think it was just so touching to see the happiness on their faces, you know, when they're underwater. And, and I, I guess because I know the feeling. And so it was, you know, it touched me. So well, hopefully right. one day you can join us on, on yeah. one of our trips. You know, I, I, I was talking to my husband about this and he is, he has been diving for many, many, many years. I've been diving for probably, let's see, it's going on seven years now. So, but just, you know, and, and we were doing four or five times a, a year. So I don't know, it'd, be, it'd make me nervous to be down there and be in charge of someone else. But he, he's always like that. So he, he could do that. He's you could, you could come be guests and just okay. help with, with carrying gear. That's always helpful and things oh, like I that. that. Well, we will absolutely consider that. You are in Illinois, right? You're correct. You're, that's our, our home base. That's your home base. Yeah. And then we have, we have teams. Um, in Oklahoma, Southern California, we have two teams in Florida, a team in Georgia, and then um, internationally, we have teams in Malaysia, Borneo, and the UK. Love it. All right, guys. Well, how, so your, your um, website is, uh, let, can, you, can you give us your website? Is that the best place to, to find you? Yes, I believe so. Uh, Diveheart.org. Okay. And um, we do have a Facebook page that if you want to follow us, we're going to be doing a lot of fun things um, yes, coming up. And, um, and our LinkedIn page. So if, if, you know, there's any businesses that want to, you know, partner with us, link up with us, we're, we are happy to. Awesome. With them. And are you Dive Heart on, on Facebook? Everything. Yep. Everything is Dive Heart. Okay. All right. So everybody needs to follow that because I'm telling you, once you get one look at these divers, you are going to not, you're going to be mesmerized and you're going to want to keep watching it. So, um, well, this has been so much fun. I, I've been looking forward to talking to you guys. Thank you both for what you do. Um, I, you know, it's, you just are making the world a better place. And, and for, for that, I thank you. So, uh, hope, I hope that we'll be able to dive with you someday. That would be awesome. I think that would be just wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends because we're just going to keep going bigger and better places together. And I love that about us. Talk to you in a few days.